I want to take a few moments this morning and I want to celebrate, I want to honor, and I want to recognize men this morning. We live in a society and in a time and in an age where celebrating each other is almost frowned upon. Mother's Day. And it's like, oh, well, if you celebrate that, what about this? And if you don't celebrate this, what about that? And, but I want to celebrate today the men in our lives. I'm so thankful for my, my father. I'm so thankful for my father-in-law who have given me and shown me a life of discipline, a life of commitment, and a life of surrender. I'm so thankful for those men around me that have laid that foundation and have showed that to me. I want to give you a, a passage in Scripture out of 1 Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you could turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And there's a number of, of verses. There's 21 verses in this chapter. I don't think we're going to read them all. But what I'd like to do is, is I want to give you a few thoughts about godly men Godly fathers, godly influence. And when I talk about men, it's not just men. This, this also applies to all of us. But Paul is writing this, and he's, and he's addressing things to the Corinthian church. And one of the things he's addressing is some of the, the attitude or the mindset of the people. And so in chapter 4, if you read chapter 4, it's like Paul is putting out his life as an example. And he's saying, guys, brothers, sisters, if you want to see something, here's an example. And he refers to himself and another apostle named Apollos. And he shares with them, and he's pretty open with them. And he says, listen, man, we've been beaten. We've been hurt we've been hungry we've been abused we've been people have mistreated us he says they look at us as the scum of the earth and he's talking about this and in the middle of that passage in the middle of that chapter he says this one phrase or this one verse and he goes you have a lot of tutors or you have a lot of instructors or teachers and the tutor the word there is is someone who actually on behalf of the parent took that child to school, took that child places, and it was almost like their personal, um, I wouldn't say bodyguard, but they were part of them. And he says, you have all these people around you like that. He says, but you don't have many fathers. So I wanted to share a few thoughts built around that verse and in, the, in this chapter, and I'll go to a few of the verses as we're doing this. But Paul says, listen, you have many teachers or many tutors. You have many people around you telling you what to do or where to go. He says, but you don't have many fathers. So the first thing I would like you to see from this thought is that a father is not a teacher. A father cares and gives of his heart. A teacher gives information. A father gives his heart. I've been in school 
I've actually done a couple years post-secondary education. I know my language, my English doesn't demand or, or contrive that I, I actually have the higher education. And, um, but I've actually done a few years of, of post-secondary. I mean, it was so long ago I've forgotten. But we had teachers. We had instructors. And they would tell you all this information. They give you information after information after information. But then I would sit down with my father and he'd give me his heart. He'd give me his time. He'd give me his life. Now, I, I grew up working in a steel shop, and Pastor Daniel would remember this, and we would kind of laugh, but my dad would taught us how to work. And when he was younger, he would teach us, and he'd take a grinder, and he'd turn the grinder on, and he'd, say, he'd come up to us, and we were working at our little station grinding some railing, and, and he'd grab the grinder, and he'd, he'd say, hey, 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 let me show you how to do it. And he'd take the grinder, and he'd go for about a one-minute blitz. I mean, he worked. And it was like, and then he'd grind it, and then he'd give it to us, and he'd say, now that's how you do it. Now, I was younger then. He was in very good shape, and he could do that for hours. As he got older, he would do that. But what was funny, as he did it when he got older, he, he would grab the machine. It was almost like he'd do it for a minute, and then he'd give it back, and then he'd go, and he'd catch his breath. And we would kind of laugh because it was like now it was our turn because we were the ones that could do the time to show those people the next level. But he gave us his heart. So a father gives his heart. When you read the first verse here, he says, he says servants. He said, let, let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Paul right away starts and he says, I want you to look at us as servants. The word servant there is, if you remember, if you've watched any shows of ancient Rome, where they would be in the boat and the storm would rise and there was a whole layer of guys at the bottom of the boat and they had holes in the side of the boat in the row. And the word servant in this instance talks about the people that were down below deck rowing. Just rowing. They didn't get any glory. In fact, they probably got yelled at, keep the time! Hey, you! But they were servants. That's the attitude of a father. Paul says, listen, I'm a servant. It's not, I'm not running out with the neon lights. He says, I'm at the bowels of the boat. I'm in the bottom of the boat. I am struck at the bottom. It's dark down there. We don't have the customary uh, beautiful uh, things of life around us. We're stuck in the bottom and we're rowing together. He says, but that's what we are. And he says, and the word steward doesn't mean that you have everything. The, mean, the steward means that you take care of what the master has given you. So right off the bat, Paul is saying, listen, guys. As a father, I'm a servant. I'm below deck. And I'm just rowing. And I'm rowing. And I'm rowing. And I take whatever the master has given me, and I will move that forward, and I'm entrusted. And he says, and you have to be faithful or trustworthy. 
I've got like seven or eight things here about a father. He's a servant and a steward. Another thought is he's found faithful. If you read the second verse, he says, In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found faithful. Men. I'm talking to men this morning. Be found faithful. Be found faithful. Be found faithful. Trustworthy. Someone that looks at you and they can put your trust, their trust in you. Be somebody who's the same yesterday. Who's the same when it's going good as when it's going tough. Be, be someone that they can say, you know what, give it to so-and-so. Why? Because every time I talk to them, they're there, they're dependable, they show up on time, they're early, they come when they're asked, they put their shoulder to the wheel, they do what's commit. Man, I trust them, I entrust things with them because I've found them to be faithful and trustworthy. Men are not wimps. Thank you. Man, we are not wimps. We have downplayed the masculinity of men in our society. You're strong. Doesn't mean real men don't cry. Believe you me, we cry. But we are found faithful. A father, a man. I want to be known as someone who's faithful. I want to be known as someone who you can trust. And Paul, as he's writing this, he's, he's, he's actually opening up his life. And he's saying, look at me. And then he gets to that verse and he says, listen, you don't have many. You've got lots of teachers, but you don't have many fathers. And he explains to them in this passage, he, he opens up and he reveals thoughts about a father. A father doesn't just say it, a father lives it. I have found fathering to be such an awesome task. I thought, well, when my kids were young, when they hit a certain age, then I it would just, no, as their child gets older, you know what, You're, you go further down on your knees. You go on your knees more. You never stop being a father. You never stop being a mother. You never stop caring for people. A father doesn't just say it. He lives it. In verse 10 to 13, Paul says, we are fools for Christ's sake. These are some thoughts about fathers. He's a servant. He's faithful. He's different than a teacher. He doesn't just say it. He lives it. And Paul is showing them. He goes, he goes listen, guys, we're weak, but you're strong. You're distinguished, but we're without honor. We're hungry and thirsty, poorly clothed, and roughly treated. We're homeless. He goes, this, this is the real action and real life of a father. This is the real life of somebody who cares for others. A father 
doesn't just say it, but a father lives it. You want to see how a father lives it? He lives it at dinner time when their children are hungry and they get more to eat than he does because they're hungry. It's as simple as that. A father. A father says, follow me. I found this interesting. A father is confident enough to say, follow me. Paul here, actually, he, Paul says, listen, imitate me. There's about four or five passages in the gospel, or not in the gospels, in the epistles where Paul is writing, where he says, imitate me or be followers of me as I follow Christ. And in this passage, Paul is saying, listen, I want you to follow me. In verse 16, he says, therefore, I exalt you, brethren, be imitators of me. That, that got me thinking. Now, I know when, when children are small, they look up to their dads, the, especially the boys, and they'll look up and say, I want to just be like dad. And when you hear that as a father, that becomes very humbling. Because you walk away from there and you go, huh, I might have to change my attitude. I might have to change my response and my response time. I may have to change the way I'm looking at this situation or the words that I'm speaking. And, and a father, Paul says, listen, my confidence, and, and he's not bragging so much as he says, listen, if you need an example, follow me. Now, in, in this whole context, he's revealing his relationship with the father and with Christ. But men, who do you have that is following you? Can I ask it this way? Are you worthy of being followed? Are you worthy of saying to someone, follow me? This is a characteristic of a father. It's not a characteristic of a teacher. By the way, you can be a teacher and not a father, but when you're a father, you are also a teacher. You can't be a father and not be a teacher, but a father is so much more than a teacher. And Paul is saying, listen, follow me. If you want to know what it's like to live a life surrendered to Christ, follow me. If you want to know what it's like to be someone who gives their life to a cause and to someone who has redeemed me, follow me. He didn't just say it, he lived it. A father says, follow me. He's out front. He's, he's also not concerned about what they say about him. He doesn't care about how many likes he gets on Instagram. He doesn't care how many shares he gets. He, he does, in, in, in the verse, first uh, three or four verses, he says, listen, he says, what you think about me, I really don't care. 
A father isn't in it for the popularity. A father is in it for those around him. A father is in it for his children, for his sons and for his daughters. A father says, you know what? I'll be a fool for Christ if you can see what that takes and so that you will follow after Christ. I'm so glad for the fathers that I've had and the godly examples I've had in my life. Examples of giving. If I can just share with you something about, about my dad. He, my dad was a, a, a dad who'd give money. And he helped, as a, as a teenager, he would help other teenagers. And he had nine boys telling him what to do. And my dad would help other kids going through Bible school. And he'd say, listen, you want to go to Bible school? I'll teach you how to work. You go to Bible school. You're, you, I'll pay for your way. You just show up. And, and he, he'd give these opportunities for kids to go to Bible school. And he did, he did a lot. He taught, he taught me generosity. So I'll be generous. So you just have to show up and work. But but he would he would be generous to these guys and 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 some of these students didn't have the money. So he'd say, "Listen, I'll help you out. You go to Bible school. I'll take care of that. You just show up Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday." Or and 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 you know what? We'd say, "Dad, what are you doing? They may be going to Bible school, but they're not going to work." They're not workers. They don't know how to. And, and we would tell him, Dad, don't do it. Don't do it. And he just looked at us and smiled. He said, it's okay. It's not between me and you. It's between me and God. He taught me generosity. He taught me not to keep record. He taught me when, when I give money away, I don't keep record of it. I found that's a poor way to live. He taught me that. Pastor Nelson, my father-in-law, he taught me how to, how to say sorry and how to forgive and how to move forward. And he would tell us stories of, of, of relationships or businesses or things that he was involved with. And he would actually have all these opportunities and then God would put his finger on him and he'd say, you know what? I had to listen to what God said. And I saw that firsthand. I've been, I've been honored and blessed to have men around me who have been strong, mighty men who have not been afraid of the popularity contest, who would do things not to become popular, but to do things because God put it in their heart, who showed me what it was to give, who showed me what it was to forgive, who showed me what it was to be humble, who showed me what it was to lead, who showed me what it was to serve. And Paul is saying that in this passage. He's giving a picture of what it looks like as a father. He says, Father, fathers don't skirt the issue. In today's day and age, we want to try to keep everybody happy. I, I, we're afraid to offend. I, I don't want to offend somebody. But you know what? Sometimes as a father, you just know this is what's going to happen. 
And now you don't run around doing that. I don't run around every day saying, okay, kids, this is what's going to happen today. No, you have relationship, but there are times when a decision has to be made or something has to happen, and a father is not afraid. He doesn't skirt the, no, this is what we are doing as a family. This is what we stand for as people. This is where we are going. And Paul in this passage, he's not, you should read what he talks to them about. He says, you guys think you've received it all by your own merits? He said, show me any of you who's gotten this all by yourself. I mean, he confronts them. He says, he says in verse 7, he says, who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? I mean, he's not skirting the, he's not, let's tackle this. And what he's showing them is is what a father, what a man, how they live their life. We need more men and women of God who stand for the truth. We need more men who are not afraid to say God's word says this, this is what I believe. He's not in it for the glory. In verse verse nine, verse ten, he says, "We are fools for Christ's sake." I will be a fool for Christ's sake. My life is not my own. My life was purchased by Christ. He paid for my life. I'm blessed. I am so fortunate to live in today's day and age and I'm blessed and I have I have so much to be thankful for but my life is his he paid a price here's something else that a father does he cares more about passing it on than he does about holding it on My father and my father-in-law have given me more opportunity, given me more exposure, giving me more chance. Why? Because they haven't been holding it on. They've been saying, no, you go. And now as a father, I have looked at my children and my ceiling becomes their platform. I am not so self my, my self-identity is not so poor that I have to worry about. I want my kids to stand on my shoulders and reach the heights that I could never reach. I want them to unlock things that I could not unlock. I want them to go further than I could ever go. I want them to tackle mountains that I could only look at from a distance. I want them to touch people's lives and see lives touched that I maybe haven't been able to do. I want them to go further than me. And a man, a father, looks at the situation and goes, you know what, I'm not going to stay here and have my kids around me stuck at this level, but I'm going to push in, I'm going to persevere, I'm going to pay the price so that they will stand on my shoulders and go further. And Paul, in this passage, he says, listen, guys, he says, for this reason, I've sent you Timothy. He sent them his son. Paul says, you know what? 
I'm sending you my son. I'm not about it all about me. I want you guys to excel. I want you guys to go further. A father doesn't care about holding on to it. He cares about passing it on. The last thing I want out of this passage is that a father cares. A father cares. A man cares. It's, uh, the Hebrew word for love is the father's heart revealed. The Hebrew picture that comes with the word father is the leader or the support of the family. A father cares. I have found as a father, I have cried more behind the scenes for my children and for my spiritual kids than I have in public. It's not easy. And I know there's many parents here today, and I know you would agree with me. It's Sometimes it's almost cruel, the emotion you feel as a father or as a parent. But I am in it to see those go beyond and to excel beyond me. A father cares. In verse 6, he says, I've, I have figuratively transferred these things to Apollos and myself for your sake. So today, we're talking about fathers. We're celebrating fathers. I want to thank you men. I want to thank you men. I want to thank you men for being strong, being firm, being men of God, men of conviction, men of passion, men of forgiveness, men of strength and valor. And I want to encourage you and I want to celebrate you men today. That's why we're having a barbecue and not cupcakes. It was like we're going to be carnivores this afternoon. We do have a couple veggie burgers, but I don't know if we had them, but I'm going for the real thing. I'm going for the chicken and the beef. Men, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thank God for the men. I still remember Sunday school teachers, and I'm in my 50s, and I remember Sunday school teachers who were men. You want to influence somebody, men? Teach Sunday school. You want to influence somebody, men? Get around young kids and give your time to them. Pour into them without any reward to yourself. Amen? Anybody here hungry? Well, that wasn't enough. Uh, th- when, they, when the gentleman came here this morning, he said, so what time do you, t- you guys come out? 11.45? I was like, 11.45? No, I said, no, no, it's closer to 11. So, but we're going to have some time. I just want to encourage you, if you want to see some examples of men, just read 1 Cor- Corinthians 4. From the viewpoint of being a father and not a teacher. And see what Paul describes in the whole context of fatherhood. Amen?